So, Ms. Janelle. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. How are you, mommy? I'm okay. You okay? Yes, just okay. So the the point of us getting together today and, and running this this conversation that we're getting ready to get into is um you've been having some issues and, and we met and we talked and um we just got like similar experiences, you know? And you have a uh and a story that I think a lot of women can uh, relate to and I really want your story to get out there so just um just tell me a little bit of of who you are and how you became Miss Janelle um well, I'm 38 I was born in California uh when I was four my parents sent me to Chicago to, I believe, to live with my grandmother at first. The, the light mom. Um, and then from there, I was sent to my mom's parents, I think maybe five. Uh, I don't remember when my parents came back from California. I just know that I wasn't, I did not come with them. Um, I spent most of my time at my grandparents' house until they got there. I, I honestly don't know when they came back. I was born in 82. I got here like about 86, 87. And so I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house. Um, I guess I would say all my issues streamed from there. Um, I was sexually assaulted by my grandfather. Um, never really said anything. Just, I was a kid. I was afraid. Uh, from... From there, uh, high school, grammar school, I was still at my grandparents. Um, I think sophomore year, freshman year, uh, I was, I ended up going to Taft High School because I didn't want to go to school with any of my brothers. I wanted to do basically my own thing without any supervision. So I went and got accepted into a school that was closer to my mom's job. So she would drop me off at school. And of course, me being the teenager that I am, I would walk in the front door and walk straight out the back. I'd watch my mom's car turn onto the street. I was gone. Uh, By the end of... My high school, uh, my sophomore, my freshman year, I'm sorry, at Taft, uh, I decided to cut school, go to a daytime. Um, I was raped. 
I got pregnant with my 22 year old. Um, and then from there, I think I met my son's, my 17 and my son, uh, seven year old's dad. And I was with him since up until recent. So I guess my life has always been chaotic for as long as I can remember. Uh, I mean, for the most part, I think I had parents who loved me, Um, but I'm a daddy's girl. So uh, my dad is my my go-to guy for everything. So telling my dad about everything that was going on, my biggest fear was my dad killed somebody and I wouldn't have my dad anymore. So I kept my mouth shut for a long time. When my daughter was five, he would pressure me into asking me, where's, your, where's the father? Where's the father? And I just couldn't take it no more. So I blurted out, I was raped. I don't know where he's at. So the first thing he tells me, sweetheart, why didn't you tell me? Because I know what you would have done. I know what he's capable of. I know the type of man he is. And my biggest fear was losing my dad. So I just just lived my teenage life doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted with no regards or no respect for anybody because it was always about me. <clears throat> um, just certain situations in my life has made me very selfish. So, and here I am today. How was your childhood before you got to your grandparents' house? It was great. Uh, It was my mom, my brother, and I, and my dad. We lived in a little apartment in California. Um, My dad did construction. I believe my mom worked as well, but for the most part, stood home with us. Um, I remember my dad coming home every day, sit in his ugly little chair, We'd take off his boots. Uh, we'd climb all over him. And then we knew every Friday when he got home from work, we were going to Toys R Us to get a brand new toy every Friday. Um, I remember my dad and my mom taking us out places. I mean, for the most part, I had a good childhood. My first four years were great. <laughs> and then you go to your grandparents' house. And everything changed. How how, how old were you when the the first occurrence happened? Six. (laughs) And it went on until I was, what, 15? Mm, mm, mm. It's crazy. Do you want to go into... Any of that or? or... Sure. I mean, the only way to get it out, get it out, right? How, um, 
how did it start? It started with him giving me everything and anything I wanted, mm-hmm. no matter the cost. How old was he? My grandfather? Shit, old. <laughs> he was old, like old, old. Uh, when he passed, maybe, I don't know, 80 something, mm-hmm. closer to 90. At that time? Uh, at that time, I don't remember. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. So, yeah, maybe in his 50s, 60s, somewhere around in there. Probably. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he started giving you everything and just buttering you up, right? Basically. And then one day he decided to touch me. And I didn't know what the hell was going on at first. I didn't know what to think. So, you know, and it was more so you can't tell your parents because you'll get into a lot of trouble. I get into a lot of trouble. Because what I was doing was wrong. I'm six, seven years old. How am I not supposed to believe that coming from 60, 70 year old man. Trusted family member, yeah. So, um, and then it just happened every day until I hit about 15. And, and then I was, you know, 14, 15. And basically it stopped after my daughter was born. That's, that's the best that's the best guesstimate I can give you because at that point I kind of knew that it was wrong so I didn't have to come home I can spend a lot of nights out running the streets doing god knows what um and that was my escape going out not coming home not having to deal with it Coming in the house when he wasn't there, leaving when he would get there. Um, so, at, you know, by the time 15, 15, 16 came, it stopped because I was never around to let it happen. That was my escape. High school was my escape. Sports was my escape. Drinking, smoking, that was my escape. Yeah. So how far how far did it go? How far did the abuse go? Uh let's just say that man was my first everything. <laughs> if I can just keep it that way. And you reflecting back now, like how, how, I mean, how did that change your life? Like what kind of person did that turn you into? What, what kind of insecurities, what kind of, how were you thinking at that time? You know? I don't know. I was thinking, I don't, it's, 
maybe I was never good enough for anybody or I would always be taken advantage of. Definitely made me feel like I'm not worthy of love or being respected. And that carries on until today. Not even when I was a kid that carries on till even now that I'm 38. Because I think that basically opened the doors to the type of relationships I would be in or the type of people I would put in my path. But I know I was angry. I know I was bitter. Um, and sometimes I still feel that way. I'm still angry. Imagine, mommy. So you're 15 now, um, and how, so you you mentioned that you you went to an open house. Is that what you said? Uh, what do you mean? When you said that you had left the school, and- oh, the daytime. So basically, daytime. a little party that kids get together and go to. Of course, parents are at work, so you have a whole house. Oh, okay. I know that very well. Then. So I went to one of those. Um, funny thing is, is that going to that daytime, going there, I was afraid because not only did I cut school, but I have to run through my mom's work parking lot to get there. People know me. My mom had pictures of me. So my biggest fear was somebody seeing me telling my mom. So when I when we finally left, I was with a friend Romeo, Giovanni, Brandon, and Brad. I decided, well, I didn't decide. I forgot my book bag with all of my books. So I went back. And I told them I would meet them at the train station. Do not jump on the train without me. Well, I never made it to that train. Mm-hmm. Because that was the day that I got I remember going home. I remember getting home about nine o'clock at night. And I knew I was in trouble because I never got home that late. So on top of being raped that day, I got home and got my ass kicked for being late home. I'll remember that day left the back of my hand. And my parents were so upset that I got home late that I just locked myself in my room and cried. You never even got to tell them? Never even got to tell them. Not until my daughter was five. And my dad kept pressuring me about where her dad was and who he was. And I just couldn't take it no more. So I told him and I blurted it out. I was disrespectful about it. I jumped out my dad's car and they didn't see me for two weeks. And how were those two weeks for you? Terrifying. I felt lonely. I felt like I had no one to talk to. 
So I drank a lot. Um, I think maybe a month or two after that, that I was pregnant. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Give me a moment. Take your time. I mean, I can edit all this stuff, so it doesn't matter. Um, I was shattered. That shattered me. The whole going home, the whole not being able to explain why I was late. But every action causes a reaction. So, so I felt like it was my fault. Had I not cut school that day, had I not went to that daytime party, none of this would never happen. So yeah, I felt like, you know, I made my bed, I got to lay in it. Mm. So the, the daughter comes, she's five, you, you know, you, you, you blurt out, you know, the truth that you've been holding you know, this whole time, where does that go? Finally, nah, my dad got in touch with me. Um, we talked, we cried, and then he got a better understanding of why I didn't tell him. And his exact words were, sweetheart, you're right. I would have murdered him. And then I would have been without my dad and I just can't see my life without my dad that man's my rock anytime I I need something anytime I have an issue he's the person I go to talk to yeah you know a lot of times I wonder if, if that's why my daughter don't come and talk to me you know and that's that's not what I want because I know it's, it's tough out there, man, for a young, beautiful girl, you know? We can be some some pigs, man, you know? We can be some pigs. So your, um, your daughter is still in your life now. That's my baby. And does she, that- know, the, does she know the truth? Yes. I had to tell her because telling her a lie and then her finding out or her even going to reach out to him and it happens to her, that's on me. So yeah, I told her. Maybe it wasn't the right thing to tell her. But the truth is never wrong. But I feel like had I told her he was dead or whatever, whatever I felt like telling her just to make her stop asking. And if she would get older, 
and curious and find out that he's very much alive after I told her he was dead or whatever the case may have been if I would have. She would resent me for that. Sure. So I felt like I'd tell you the truth. And if you wanted to try and find him, that's fine. Just don't do it alone. And I can't face him. So you can't ask me. You can ask any one of your uncles. You can ask anybody. You just can't ask me. I can't face him. And to this day, I probably couldn't. And if I ever, I feel like if I ever crossed his path, all that anger would just come, come rushing back in an instant. Anger that I've never let him go. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? I'm fine. It's just hard to talk about it. It's not something I do on um on a daily basis. No, but it's good to get these things out because these are weights you you carry with you, you know, and and they're with you every day, all day long, you know, and it's oh, it's it's huh? consuming. And you're not the only one. There's there's millions of women that are sitting in your position. Again, this is why I want I want to get this out there. So women as yourself know that you're 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 not alone. You know, you're not alone in this, even though that you can feel like like you are. You know, Um, there could be another 15 year old girl out there in the same position as you right now that needs to hear this, you know. And, and maybe she can make different different choices. Maybe maybe that choice that you made to skip school, she'll hear that and she'll say, you know what, I'm going to stay in school. So that's that's the point of these messages, you know? <clears throat> yeah, just... I wouldn't recommend running away from it, definitely. Um... face it head on because at the end of the day it destroys you as a person it does it destroys the person that you could have been had you dealt with it then my outcomes could have been way different had I dealt with it who knows but I'll never know that and 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 that's why people like your grandfather are murderers and they need to be charged with with some sort of murder because essentially that's what he's doing is he's he's killing a human being he's altering their life you know in in such a fashion that it affects them for the rest of their lives whether they know it or not you know um so so life is going on you're carrying all of this with you you know uh, you, you, you're just probably meeting what, what kind of, what kind of relationships are you getting in? Are you just getting in relationships based upon anybody that just gives you attention? No. Um, not at all. I, I couldn't even tell you. Um, 
my my son's dad is basically the first and only toxic relationship I've ever been in. Um, but I spent 11, 12 years with this guy, maybe even more. How did you meet him? I met him when I was 16. But my oldest daughter was what, maybe two at the time. Mm. And honestly, as a teenager, I couldn't stand him. Um, I, I couldn't stand him. Uh, I want to say seven, eight years later, it was different. We were older. Um, he wasn't the same obnoxious teenager that I met. Well, at least I didn't think so. Um, and we did good for six, seven years, maybe even, uh, we did good about six years. And, uh, I had gotten pregnant, um, before my son, like, before I, I, I had gotten pregnant once before my son. Um, and I lost that baby due to him beating the shit out of me. Um, we both got drunk. Uh, things were said. And one of my biggest things is when I'm angry, I would say hurtful shit to him. Hurt people, shit hurt people. Thing. And one thing led to another. And well, I was being rushed to the hospital after that. Um, I do recommend if you're angry, watch what you say. More so how you say it. Because that can definitely make somebody react in the worst way possible. And I know because I made somebody react in the worst way possible. Um, Was that the first time he put his hands on you? That was the first time. What did you say? (sighs) Come on, Janelle, what did you say? So he has these friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always told him some of the friends he has, he needs to get rid of, Mm -hmm. you know, and I understand you've known him as a kid, but when you have friends coming over to your house, trying to get you to beat up somebody at the age of 35, 37 years old, come on, you got a son at home. Like this is, this is the type of people you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a low life, then be a low life. But you can't say you love your son and you're still, you're still out there doing dumb shit. Shit that you know is going to get you locked up again. And so I basically told him that he needed to get rid of a lot of his friends. And uh, 
basically that if he wanted to continue being friends with them and be the same piece of shit they are, to go. And of course, we were drunk. So we got angry very fast. And I got in his face, he got in mine, and it just got physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, you were telling him the truth. Yes, in a way, but it wasn't that I was telling him the truth. It was how I was telling him the truth. Mm-hmm. There's a I way... <laughs> As an adult, I know that there is a way to say something and there is not a way to say something. I know that now. And we know, I mean, we know how women are. You know what I mean? We're men and and I've been in toxic relationships. You know what I mean? So I, I, we know how women can't, women cannot fight us head up and, and hurt us, you know, so. Physically. Women, women, right. It's, it's, it's a tactical warfare. You know, and and that's that's the thing is that, you know, things are said to 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 maim and to to strike. And you're a person who who has been dealing with a lot of pain her whole life, you know, so. You lost a baby. At, At what stage? Um, I was uh, three months pregnant. My first trimester. And how did you explain this to the to the hospital? I mean, there was no where to no way to explain it. I mean, somebody seen me running down the street, bloody, beat up. They stopped. They wouldn't let me go. They called the cops. Cops came. They already knew what happened. Um, that's when I found out I was pregnant. Oh, you didn't even know you were pregnant? I did not know I was pregnant. Yeah, maybe if I would have known, I'd have kept my mouth shut. But I didn't know. You were just hormonal and didn't even know it. <laughs> um... So that took a lot out of me. I felt like had I kept my mouth shut, I'd still have my baby. And that's just, and that's reality. And it didn't. So after all of this happened, you stayed with the guy. Yep. For a for another, geez, a long time. And and how did you justify that within your psyche? I mean, what did you tell yourself to to stay with somebody like that? Honestly, after everything I went through for as a kid, I felt like it was normal. You honestly felt like this was normal felt like it was normal like I've been mistreated since I was a kid this is this is my life and that's how I felt did you feel like you couldn't do any better 
like this is what you deserved or in a sense in a sense because it's all I seen it's all I knew outside of the way that my dad treated me that's all I knew and how did he talk to you on a norm was he like was he demeaning to you was he oh absolutely but I think we were both demeaning to each other just a straight out toxic relationship you know, like, um, he would say hurtful shit and I would say even hurt, even more hurtful shit. Um, so uh, I'm not going to say I was perfect because I was far from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and most times I just let my anger get the best of me. Mm-hmm. which allowed me to say mean shit or hurtful shit inciting mm-hmm. and and obviously you guys still have some sort of intimacy because you have another son he's seven we have not been intimate for the like the last four years um basically he would sleep upstairs and i would stay in the basement um was that before your was that before your son was born were you guys still sleep sleeping separate then yeah so how does your son get he's a great dad I won't take that from him that I will never take from him he's a great dad he loves his son um Mm -hmm. I know a lot of dads that would have ran the minute they found out their son was autistic Um, so that I can't take from him. I'll never take that from him. Mm -hmm. You always have to give somebody the respect where it's due, no matter what. Um, He's a great father, just wasn't the best partner. But then again, neither was I. How long did the abuse go on? It has happened twice and all the time that we were together twice uh the last time it happened I got home late from work it was wired why didn't you answer my calls um at that time I was a practice manager um at an orthopedic uh surgical institution and in, uh, uh institute in uh, Wash, uh Waukesha Wisconsin so I would drive from uh, basically Gurney, Illinois to Waukesha, Wisconsin every morning. Um, and it was a long day. Uh, we were seeing patients till about nine o'clock at night. I got home late and instantly he got in my face. Oh, where were you? Why don't you answer my calls? Where, you know, you're probably, uh, messing around with one of those doctors it was just like, you know, and I kind of like brushed them off. Basically tell them whatever, I ain't got time to hear this. I turned my back on him. And next thing I know, I was getting my face pushed into the hardwood floor. Um, he took my phone. He had his phone. He called the cops on me. 
I was then locked up. Um, my dad bonded me out, got me a lawyer. My lawyer basically got medical records from the first time that I was physically assaulted by him. Um, and basically, instead of doing jail time, I got probation. Um, uh, just with his background and all of this and hospital records, I was able to get off with probation. Finished my probation and came to Indiana. Well, no, I went to Chicago first and I just moved to Indiana back in June. Good old Indiana, huh? It's terrible out here. (laughs) It's better than Chicago, though, I give you that. So you're, well, you had an incident in Chicago, right? And you say that your son is a is a miracle baby yeah um so uh august 20th of 2020 i was i i worked from home over a year ago Mm -hmm. i worked from home um so and at that time i was doing uh so it would have been 2 p.m eastern to 11 p.m eastern but because I am in Chicago, it was central time. So basically one to 10. Um, I ended up staying at work like two hours late. So by the time I got off, it was already midnight my time. Um, my friend came over to do some like repairs, like to fix my bathroom door, to put a stand up, um, just things that I needed to be done because at that point I wasn't living with my son's dad. We basically parted ways. Mm. Um, and my son just so happened to be at home with me. And in the beginning, my son didn't want to go. He just, my son has a mind of his own. And if he wants to go, he'll go. If not, he'll fight. Well, he fought me that day and I completely ignored it. And I basically got him, I was able to get him ready so that we can go drop my friend off. I was sitting on the corner of my car. Uh, My son was in the back seat sleeping in his car seat. And somebody ran up to my side of the car. Um, Let 12 rounds loose. The first shot, my back was turned towards the shooter. So all I heard was a bang and metal hit my metal. I did not know what was going on. When I turned around to see all I see, all I felt was a sharp pain in my shoulder. I looked at my window. I can see the bullet hole. I can see the shattered glass. And then it fell. So everything went like in extremes, like, I mean, extreme slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I realized what was going on, I jumped in the back seat to cover my son. I then got shot in my spine, uh, near my spine. Um, my friend who was sitting in the front seat, he was exposed because I was no longer sitting in the front seat and he got shot nine times. Um, he's fine. 
He was taken to the hospital in fair condition and I was taken to the hospital in critical. Um, I didn't want to leave my son at the scene. I was very defiant. I wasn't getting into that ambulance, not until somebody came and picked up my son. I was not getting in that ambulance. Um, well, somewhere between me fighting them and trying to wait to see if somebody would answer for my son, I passed out. I woke up. I was in the hospital. Uh, at that point, they had called. Well, my daughter, they got a hold of my daughter. My daughter came and picked up my son. Four in the morning, he's still at the crime scene in the backseat of the police car. Um, then turn, she called his dad and I got home and he was there. Um, I would ask if he was leaving, if he could please leave. And he did not because he felt like I needed him and I felt like I didn't. Um, I was angry at the situation. I was angry that he was in my house. And so what did I do? I, I went to work the very next day because I didn't want to deal with him. I didn't want to face him. I didn't want to talk to him. So I buried myself in work and I would sit in my office and I wouldn't come out until he would fall asleep. Even if I wasn't working. Um, but I just knew it was done. I knew I was done. Um, so we really haven't been together in over four years. Mm. Just trying to co-parent in the same house. And let me tell you, that's difficult. And it ain't even worth it. Is the toxicity still present? Of course, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I get told how I'm a shitty parent or how I think of only myself. Um, but I feel like if I don't think about myself and I don't think for myself, only who is? I'm all I have. You know, well, I, I guess, um, where, where are you at now? Like you, you made mention earlier, you know, about some of the emotions that you still have, um, now the insecurities and stuff, but who is Janelle now, right now, in this moment? Like, who are you, and 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 um, and where do you see yourself going? I don't even know. I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I want anymore, or if I still want the same things that I used to when I was a kid. Mm. 
I don't know. I'm still that lost soul I was when I was a little girl. That's just, and that's, and that's the honest to God truth. Mm-hmm. And it's killing you, Anna. Um, it's kind of destroying me. You know what, though, Janelle is is, I mean, I had a lot of these these same emotions and feelings when I was in prison. You know, questioning myself, what kind of person was I? You know, uh, if I was even good being in my daughter's life. You know, just just all kinds of things. You know, um, I've been made to feel that way. You know, but at the end of the day, you you the beauty about it is you get to find who you are from this point. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I have a clean slate. I could be whoever and whatever I want to be. I don't have to follow the dreams that I had was when I was a child. I can create new dreams. What do I want to be now? What do I want to do now? You know, and and you just do it. Or you just start working towards it. But I think you're old enough and you understand enough now that nothing really matters. We've lived our lives always worrying about what other people think about us, other people's perceptions. I know I have always trying to earn my father's respect, always trying to earn my brother's respect, just always trying to earn people's respect that really didn't even know how to give it you know, and, and they were just lost people themselves. And, and I I just came to a realization, like I could spend the rest of my life trying to make other people happy, which people just aren't fucking happy ever, you know, or I can just spend what, what, what rest of my life I do have left just making myself happy. And just doing whatever it is that I want to do and being whoever it is that I want to be. And I really don't care if, if anybody likes me or not, you know, this is, this is me. And this is, this is just what I got going on. You know, um, I, I got out of, out of prison and I fell into a relationship with someone that I, I, I grew very insecure quickly, you know, I'm I'm entering into a, into really a world now that I've never even really entered into in that society as a grown adult with expectations to produce like an adult now, you know? And I had no idea. I really still don't even know how to even do that. But but all I can do is just is just be me, man, and and that's that's what I've grown to love, you know? I've grown to love who I am right now and, and who I am, I know is the person that I want to be. And when I can look myself in the, in the face, no matter where I'm at, what I'm going through, no matter how stressed out I am, I can always look at myself and tell myself that, you know, I I love who you are and we can get through this. We can do this. We've been through worse. You know, we've been through worse. What's, what's the most scariest for me is just the unknown. I've never been alone. So now I've always had somebody. I've always lived with somebody. I've always, I've always depended, even though that I always like to say that I'm independent and, and, and I like to do things on my own. I've always kept somebody in my back pocket and I've always done it through manipulation. 
I've always done it through lies, you know, because of my own insecurities. And I just have to stop doing that because I've heard a tremendous amount of people along the way. You know, so it's, it's just taking my experiences for what they were and understanding that I was around a lot of toxic people, a lot of sick people at times. And, and just knowing that all of that gumbo is, is who sits in front of you now. So it's just, none of it matters. You know, none of it matters. I've told you, we've talked, you know, you're a beautiful woman, you're intelligent, you're articulate, you know, you just, um, lost. No, you're not lost. You're right here in front of me. You're not lost. I just, you know, you're right here in front of me. I'm looking at you. You're not lost. I just feel lost. I feel. Okay. Say that then. These are feelings. I feel lost. I feel like I've lost insight of who I am. Um, but Janelle, Janelle, you were never nobody. You were never nobody. You never even had the chance to be anybody because this, this sick fuck altered your perception on what life was. You never even got to form a personality. You never got to form into who Janelle really, really is. This is what I'm saying. Now there's nothing holding you back but yourself and your feelings. And my fears. We all have fears, mommy. What are some of your fears? Meeting someone just like my son's dad again. That's one of my biggest fears. Um, Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's break that down. Let's break this down. Let's break these fears down. You have a fear of meeting another man that's like your father. Not my father. Or not your father. I'm sorry, but your son's father. Like my father. Yeah, your son's father. Problem. (laughs) (laughs) You know, growing up, I used to watch my dad sing to my mom. Um, in an ugly ass old green Nova. Um, I mean, like as a kid, I, I I remember going to the zoo with my parents and getting ice cream after. Um, I remember going to aquariums. My parents did shit with us. How would your father? How, how do you think your father approached your mother? Do you know the story of how they met? Uh, I do not. I know they met in high school. Um, my dad was not the best person in the world. You know, my mom was, she lived a sheltered life. Parents were Christian, Pentecostal at that. Um, long skirts, no makeup, hid the TV from the pastor. Like I I remember all of this. I remember the pastor coming and we having to put the sheet over the TV so they wouldn't see the TV. Um, but I, like my childhood, like my, my before, oh, even after everything with my granddad, my grandfather, I still remember having good memories with my parents. 
still remember going out. I still remember uh, my dad singing to my mom. Um, Just even the smallest little memories, like in that green Nova, in the behind the driver's side seat, there was a big hole in the ground. Hmm. We used to throw all of our garbage out of there. Like it was just small memories like that that's what I live for those are the memories that I can go back and I can laugh at now um I remember I remember my dad doing donuts in the ventures parking lot my mom had this long (laughs) oh my god my mom had this long Polaroid coat on my dad's doing donuts in this parking lot, it's icy, it's snowy, and my mom falls out the car. <laughs> my brother and I, my dad, we all laughed, you know, it was just, it was funny. My mom was not so thrilled about it. She didn't laugh. Um, I remember, I remember my dad taking us out to go get ice cream one night. My mom was tired, didn't want to go. So she stood home. We had we had a pit bull named um, Magnum and a pit bull named Snow. These were the dogs we grew up with. Well, my mom had this fuzzy, <laughs> she had this fuzzy robe on and my dogs didn't like fur. So they chased her into the bathroom and we couldn't go eat ice cream because we had to let my mom out. Like things like that. Like, yes, we all laughed as a family. It was fun. Um, So I do remember a lot of the good memories. Um, I can't complain about that. I live off of those memories Uh, because they were some of the best memories. A lot of us do that, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, dudes in prison, they'd have pictures of of all their cars or women, you know, beautiful women, you know, uh, jewelry and just all kinds of stuff from them, their past that that just made them feel good, you know, and, and that they held on to or whatnot. And, and I used to do the same thing, you know, until I, I realized that I was just holding on to things that were gone you know, and it was, it was, it was, it was hindering my perception towards the things that were in front of me, because I was always comparing, you know what I mean? Instead of just letting things be and, 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 and kind of like analyzing what's in front of me versus comparing it to the past, if that's, you know, that makes sense. A lot of us hold on to, to the past, you know, but how do you think your dad would approach a woman? How do you think he would you know, how do you think he would he would court a woman? I've never seen my dad mistreat a woman. Hmm. Mistreat as in like how? In any way, shape, or form. Not disrespect, not talk down. No, never. My dad is a very encouraging man. Even though my dad lived a certain lifestyle, I remember I remember getting tucked in every night. I remembered my dad telling me I was beautiful and that I could be whatever I wanted to be. 
I remember him rubbing his hair, his hands through my mom's hair and telling her how beautiful she was. And, you know, like, had I chosen a man like my dad, I wouldn't be in the situation I am in today. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And I guess somebody more like my grandfather. And that's okay, you know? Janelle, it's okay because your 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 image of men, you know, throughout your life wasn't wasn't the best, you know, other than your father. You know, I it, it's just all of this is okay because again, it's it it's it's just who you are now, and it's it gives you the opportunity again, like I say to to just create your own dreams and your own memories from this point on. There's nothing to feel bad about. There's nothing to feel sorry about. There's nothing to really regret. You know, you are who you are. You can go out when you get off, off, off this discussion, like you can go and and change your life to be whatever it is that you want to be. You know, the fear of meeting another man. Well, the only thing that I can say is take your time. I, just just take your time, Janelle. You don't need don't a man. Janelle. 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 Want to be with somebody. This is I, the point. You don't need men. I don't, you don't need want, a man. I don't. No. So like they're the root of my, all my problems. That's how I feel. I feel like I allow them to be the root of all my problems. And at this point, at 38, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm over it. And I feel like through all of this, I've become even more selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like people have made me that way that there is no other way but to be self-centered and all about myself and only and protect my feelings and protect my heart from anything else ever happening like this so yeah I kind of feel like I'm probably going to close myself off to a lot of people maybe I shouldn't not sure but I need to get a sense of myself before I can even think about anybody else. No, amen. And if you have to close your off, you know, close yourself off to the world, then that's that's just what you have to do. But you know, I'm a firm believer that this is why God gave us selfishness. This is why God gave us self-centeredness, and you know, for for protective reasons of this this fashion, because we have to think about ourselves. But you know, everything is in moderation. He, he didn't give it to us to to rule the world with and use it in an, an abusive manner, but he gave it to us for us to have the ability to think about our own well-being. You know what I mean? And what's best for us. And you have made bad choices, you know, in relationships and of all kinds, and they've led into, into a chaotic life. So there's no question, you know, that you have to take a step back and be like, what am I doing to attract these type of people around me. You know what I mean? And and until you can figure that out, 
you know, until you can figure that out, I don't know, maybe you give off some sort of desperation, maybe you give off some sort of vibe that toxic men, narcissistic men know that they can just feed off of you. You know, these are these are issues that is way beyond, you know, my my educational level. That's, you know, but it's it's just it's just knowing the positions that I've been in life. You know what I mean? And some of the despair that I've been in. And, and a lot of your emotions were my emotions, are my emotions. You know, I still deal with a lot of these insecurities and 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 such. You know, but at the end of the day, it's just knowing I know enough about myself to know that I can get myself through any position. It's just willing. It's just how willing am I to try, you know, and not allowing myself to sit around and make excuses for myself. You know, it's it's, it's just knowing that I, I just got to get the shit done, you know, and and knowing that I can do it. You know, as we sit right here, man, I, there's not, there's not no doubt in my mind that I can put myself up on stage with the president and have a debate with him and carry myself confidently through that debate. That's how much confidence I have in myself. That's how much love I have in, you know, for myself. And that's how much passion that I have in, in what it is that I'm doing, that I fear no man because I walk in the truth. I know the truth. The truth has set me free, you know? And this is why I choose not to lie anymore, you know, because it's just not worth it. I won't lie to myself nor to any other person, you know, because it's just like you said earlier, you know, about lies and, and alter, you know, altering people's perceptions. You just can't do it when you were talking about your daughter and telling the truth about, you know, um, how she was conceived. You can't I people... People have a, a right to their own realities and to know what the truth is so they can make their own decisions. You weren't wrong in doing that. You're, you're completely right. I was wrong for that. But asking my daughter now, how would you have felt mm-hmm. had I lied to you? Had I told you your dad was dead and you found out he was very, very much alive? I would have hated you. Mm-hmm. because at least I gave her the opportunity to make that choice whether she wants to reach out to this man or not and she tried she tried and he basically shunned her blocked her from all social media And that day she was like, mom, you're right. I don't need him. Mm -hmm. And I know she was hurt by it. I know she was. Why? Because at that point, I felt extremely selfish because my kid would never have what I had, a mom and a dad growing up. That hurt me. To know that my kids will never experience a mom and a dad in one house. That's how I feel about my daughter, too. You know, I uh, left my daughter when she was six months old. Um, yeah, I felt selfish about that. You know, even my kids call my dad Poppy. Because that was their dad. 
And that's all that matters. You know, so, I mean, at least I was able to give him that as a father figure. Um, Because it's all I had to offer them. So where are you at now? What, I mean, what's going on with you? You're, you're, you're away from your son's father. I am at my mother's house. Okay. And do you still have contact with your son's father? Uh, well, yes, because when he works nights, I basically go over there. I work and I stay with my son. Um, and when he works days, I don't really have to be there until he gets there. When I get off of work at uh, when I get off at work at six, I'm usually at the house maybe another two hours. When he gets there, I run out the front door. Mm. And the son stays there. Yeah. And you say that the son is autistic. Now I'm I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to autism, but like I know that you have some some sort like levels of autism, right? Yes. Like how? Um, what's his? He's level? fully functioning. Uh, he's nonverbal. Um, he's still in diapers. We still got to do a lot for him because he doesn't understand the concept of putting on his shirt or his pants. So it's like having, it's like having. A seven one a, a seven year old one year old, well you still got a very much. I don't have to feed him, of course, because you know he'll feed himself. But like if I tell my son, go get you, put your shirt on, go get your pants on, and put your shoes, uh, he's gonna look at me like what? Mm-hmm. So we have to do it in moderations. Hey, let's put your shirt on. You know. Um, I would let him dress himself, but everything would probably be backwards. So uh, I try to, we try to do it for him. That's probably one of our biggest mistakes is that we don't allow him to do it himself, which makes him very dependent on us. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what I was going to say. I mean, okay, so he puts his clothes on but backwards, I, but like, who cares? I care. <laughs> As any other parent would care. Well, no, I mean, I understand that you can't let him go outside looking like that. But I mean, okay, so he puts his clothes on, he puts them on backwards. He runs around the house 10 minutes with his clothes on backwards. And then you switch him around. Would he know? Um, No, 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 absolutely not. Like we'd let him, but I wouldn't send him to school with his shirt inside out. Right, of course. Tag in the front. It's just, you know, so it's like we let him. Um, but if it was up to Ezra, he would not be having, he just have a diaper on. That's it. No socks, no shoes, no shirt, no pants, no nothing. How, how did you, like, when did you realize that he was autistic? Oh, I knew he was autistic from the moment oh. he was born. I knew personally, I knew, I knew something was off with my kid. Um, by the time he was four months, I knew indefinitely something was off. And I said autism because I've worked with children with autism. Um, so it was just certain things he would do that 
your normal child doesn't do. So I would go to his pediatrician and I'd be like, look, something's off. Like, I think he has autism. She's like, well, we can't tell right now. You have to wait till, you know, a certain age. And I'm like, no, I used to pressure her. And she's like, well, we can't do anything because the state won't allow us to. By the time he was a year and three months, she was like, she's like, there's definitely developmental delays. And I was like, it's autism. And she's like, well, we can't determine that. So we went through doctors and specialists. And I was right. It was autism. Um, finally, I told her, I was like, you know, if you would have addressed this sooner, I said, my son would have had the best possible outcome. She says, I know. And I knew that you were right. But as a doctor, we have to follow our resources first. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had, you know, they did all of that. And we found out he was autistic, along with some hearing issues. Um, By the time he was two, he had ear stents and hasn't had an issue since. Um, But that's my heart and soul right there my kids are my world and the fact that well my two older ones it's understandable they're older they're living their life um going to school whatever the case working you know they have their own life but my son that's the baby he's always gonna be the baby Mm -hmm. and so you don't do you see any signs of trauma from the shooting from last year or not at all? Do you think he has any idea of what happened that they were gunshots or, or anything? My son has lived a very sheltered life. He's always at home. So I honestly feel like the sound, the commotion, that's what scared him. But the my son, and all of that stuff, huh? Was there yelling, like you know, screaming, yelling, and just the whole That's, chaotic scene? Yeah, yeah, me, I was screaming, I was hysterical. I was like, We're getting shot at. My friend is telling me, No, we're not. And I'm like, Are you stupid? Like, dude, you live in the city, you've lived in this shit your whole life. How do you know? How do you not know? Um, it's just, it was me, like, yeah, I was all of it me pulling my son out the car when it was over out of his sleep him seeing me bleeding all over the place me taking lifting up his shirt turning him around pulling down his pants turning him around that was that right there was just it was a it was a lot for him it was so much for that boy to process I hear windows shattering I hear loud bangs I feel my mom jump on top of me she's pulling me out the car the next minute and turning me around and lifting up my clothes and pulling off my clothes just to make sure he wasn't shot the whole different strangers different people grabbing him and you know like them fading into the background and not him not being able to see me like that's what freaked him out yeah. Because to be honest with you, it wasn't the shooting. It wasn't the fact that he knew what was going on because he's never been in a situation like this. 
It was the uncertainty, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like the more so what the hell's going on and why is it happening so fast? Um, So I can't really say that he's affected by it. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that leads me to believe that he is, is that before all of that happened, he would sleep by himself in his own room, in his own bed. And now he refuses. Mm. He won't sleep in his bed at all? Nope. Mm. Nope. Not at all. He has to be next to me. Mm. What are we going to do? Huh? So like no news on who the shooter was. Why were they shooting in the car? Why were you attacked that day? Who were they trying to shoot? I have a million and one different reasons, or I have a million and one different theories. All of them make sense to me, but none of them give me any clarity. Um, I was in what they call Imperial Gangsters Neighborhood. I have a blue Subaru. I am a diehard Cowboys fan. I had a huge five-point star <laughs> on the back like of this my one? Like, this like one right that, here? but bigger on the back of my window. So to the right of where I was parked, it's La- it's Spanish Cobras. They're folks. And you have gangsters, imperial gangsters, which are also folks, but don't get along with the Cobras. Then to the left of them, you have Latin Kings. They're people, and they don't get along with either one of them in between. So my first theory was, is I got shot because of my five-point star in the back of my car. Mm. My second theory was, was maybe it was retaliation for the lifestyle that my dad lived and I was their easy target. My third and final theory was, is that my brother, um, my brother took off with one of the Imperial Gangsters drugs. And a few years before this happened to me, my brother was damn near thrown in a trunk. Mm. The owner of the store basically told them to leave him alone that he knew my brother's sister. They let him go. But I also know these people that my brother took all those drugs from. And that's my other theory. Because you ran up to my side of the car. You didn't run up to the guy. You ran up to my side of the car. You made sure that you shot into the driver's side of the car where Mm -hmm. I was sitting with a bright ass pink shirt. So you know it was a female. And that's another one of my theories that if, so I really don't know why I got shot. 
It should it could have been any one of those for real, for real. Um so I can't I can't no, I have no answer as to why I was shot. I don't know if it was random. I don't feel like it was random because I feel like you made it a point to come to my side of the car. Usually you will approach a man before you approach a woman, but you didn't this time. Why? That's my biggest question. Why didn't you approach him? Why did you approach me? Who in my life has crossed your path for you to come and do this to me? Mm-hmm. And so I have very valid reasons to feel how I feel or to make it even a thought of why I was shot. But it is what it is. As far as the cops go. Let me see. Let uh, me see the. Let me see the, the bullets. Let me see the bullet wounds. Let me see your scars. So I have one here. And then I have one. And I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Dang. That's right on the spine, girl. Um, Damn it, man. I'm blessed to be walking. Oh my God! Is this? It's still in there, though. No, they can't remove it because it's not a higher chance. It's it's not high of enough chance for me to walk out of the hospital, and I damn sure don't want to roll out the hospital. Um, the one that went into my shoulder, it stopped near my heart. They don't mm-hmm. want to remove that either. Dang, you got both of them in you? I do. Can you go through a metal detector? I have not been through a metal detector yet, but I'm pretty sure I can't. Mm. Dang, and then you got MRIs to deal with too. You can't even get an MRI. I don't get MRIs anymore. Yeah, that's crazy. I can only get CT scans and I can only get x-rays. I can never get another MRI. You got to be careful with that because, yeah, any kind of magnetic force around you can, especially that one right by your spine and your heart, and things move just a little bit. Dang it, girl. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? Uh, I'm going to go have lunch and uh, go pick up my son. So when you go over and, and you have contact with this, with this dude, like, how do you approach the subject? How, how does, how does that go? Um, you know what, at this point, I am a very quiet person. That's it. Like he talks to me, he's fucking degrading, um, very belittling. And I just nod and you're right. Uh-huh. And that shit just bothers him. The Mm -hmm. fact that, the fact that I just, I agree with the fact that he's right. And I always tell him, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I just kind of like nod my head and keep it moving. But you don't believe it. You don't believe any of this stuff. No, like I don't listen to shit he says anymore. Um, I'm at the point where it's just, I, I hear him, but I'm not listening to him. 
because I can hear anybody. But am I listening is a whole new, that's, that's a whole new ball game. I hear you, but I'm not fucking listening. I'm done. I'm done trying to hear your side. I'm done trying to justify your actions. I'm done. Good for you. Well, I thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. You know, it's, it's, it's an important story. Um, and and I'm just you know I'm I'm sorry that you and and so many other women go through what you go through. I mean I've been part of many toxic relationships. I've hurt people. I continue to hurt people at times, you know. So it's I understand emotions, but like you said, some some relevant things, and that's you know you you have to be able to check yourself, you know when you're angry and you know that your, your, your intent is to be malicious or, or to cause harm, even if the other person is doing the same. My somebody... best advice for that is walk away and come back to it later with a clear mind. Because if you don't, you'll let your anger get the best of you. Mm-hmm walk away and deal with it later come back with a fresh head clear mind because you don't want to put you don't you just don't you don't want to deal with it in anger because you will say hurtful shit yeah you mean it at the moment but when you sit back and you reflect and you think about everything you're you're saying to this person you're gonna sit there and say like damn I shouldn't have said it that way it's not that I shouldn't have said it it's just it's the way I said it Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Um. That's what that is. One more question, Mama. If you could go back to any point in your life, just any point, which point would you go back to, and what would you tell that person? What do you mean? What would you tell the little girl, you know, or wherever, whatever point you go to? Like, what would you tell Janelle if you went back in time? Have you ever thought about that? Huh? Tell your dad. Because I feel that now. I'm 38 years old and all I feel is like I should have told my dad. Maybe he would have handled it the wrong way. But at least I would have known that there was somebody fighting for me. And it would have stopped. You know, um, that's it. Just tell somebody. So if there's any, any girl that's out there going through what they're going through now, even if they don't know anybody, they, they have to let somebody know. Tell somebody, tell the person you trust the most. But what if there's nobody? What if you don't trust anybody, mommy? Like me? Like I didn't? What do you do? Then you turn out like me. No, but that's no good. Somebody, somebody, somebody's always going to be some, there's going to be somebody who's going to listen. Thomas Freeman's going to listen. Even if it's a random stranger, tell somebody. Somebody's going to listen. Somebody will fight for you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and that's why I'm here. I'm here. If 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 there's anybody out there that's watching this and you don't know, you can you can direct message me. You can find me on social media, and we'll figure out what to do from there. You know, we'll find the best option. But like Janelle is saying, you have to let somebody know. I'm here for anybody. Trust me. I'm the last person that's going to allow anybody to be bullied, harassed, anything of that nature. So, you know, uh, uh, if I can help in any kind of way, yeah, like Janelle says, you know, you you have to tell somebody. So I'm I'm here for anybody that has nobody to tell. So I wish I could have been there for you. It is what it is. No, but and it is what it is, and it is it's, it is what it is moving forward, you know? Yeah, we all go through our shit. I mean, nobody is a perfect person. Everybody has a story. Everybody, you know, it may not be, it may not be our story, but everybody has their own story. That's what defines us. This is why I say that we're perfect. We're perfect people. You know, we're, we're perfect in our, in our uniqueness because there is not one other person on the face of this planet that is like Thomas Freeman. And there's not one other person on the, on the face of the planet that is like Janelle. There's nobody. You're creating whatever it is that you want to create for whoever it is that you want to be. It's just, can we stop letting other people influence who we are and what we want to do because they tell us that we can't or we're too ugly to, or we're not smart enough to, or we were trash and just whatever people say to keep us down. You know, it's just overcoming that. And then overcoming these fears of, of failure of people laughing at us when we do fail, because we failed our whole life. And, you know, it's just, it's just overcoming all of that and just not really giving a shit, you know? It's not really even giving a shit. It's just caring for humanity and knowing that what I'm doing is the best that I feel is, is, um, you know, me trying to be my best self and, and not caring about anything other than that, because people are just as fucked up as I am. So who the hell are you to sit there and tell me what I'm doing is fucked up because I could probably point 10 to you. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to pour that out. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, not my coffee. Sorry. I thought my stepdad was going to throw away my coffee. That's like. (laughs) That's it, man. You've been on the Thomas Freeman show, man. How you feel? I feel okay. Does it feel Um, good to talk? It does. It does. It's not something. It's not something. I'm used to doing. And it's okay. It's, it's, it's not something that a lot of, especially ethnic um, and urban people really are, are used to doing, you know, us white people, we do it all the time. We'll walk up to people. We don't even know. And just, Hey man, you know, I'm having a shitty day, you know, whatever, <laughs> but. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit on a bench. I'll sit on a bench and unload on somebody. Make them get up off the bench and leave. Come back, going, man. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Listen, man, I got problems, and if you're in my vicinity, you're gonna hear my shit. You sound like um, a modern Forrest Gump. 
There you go. That's me all day, boy. <laughs> me and Forrest would get along on that fucking park bench for hours, boy. I'm telling you. Be like, man, how did you feel running with them legs like that, though? Man, man, my mama told me. Yeah. I just ran and ran until I couldn't run no more. And you know me. But but what was you thinking? What was you thinking when you were running? That's how I am. You know, I always yeah, want to know what a bitch is thinking, man. But... I mean, it's it's good to talk to people. It is. Um, I just have very few people in my life that I can actually open up to. And that's what has to change. You know, I remember my- one time Steve Harvey told me, not me personally, but he was on the, 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 one <coughs> of the shows, right? And I just remember him always saying, it changed the way that I looked at things because I was always, Janelle, I was always the person, even as a kid in my little cliques and whatnot, I was always the person that people came to talk to. I was always the person that people came to get advice from. I was always the person that people came to vent from because I would listen and I would show compassion and all of these things. But I never had nobody to do all of that stuff with. And it's like Steve Harvey said, when, when, when all of your friends are coming to you and you don't have nobody to go to, then you need to to find you some new friends, you know? And that's the thing is we have to, we have to put people around us that are going to lift us up, make us smarter, make us better versus us just thinking that we belong with the gutter and the trash. And this is just who we surround ourselves with, you know? So yeah, you, you, you know, if, if you don't have that, Jay, you need to find you some new friends, partner, find you some people, man, go hang out. Go hang out where squares hang out at. Go hang out with a bunch of white chicks. They'll talk to you all day long. You know? It's okay, man. You know, I I had to accept that myself. Like, you know, man, I don't want to hang out. Them dudes are lame or, you know, whatever. But I had to, I had to get, I had to get out of that mentality, that that urban street, tough thing and 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 just know that it was okay to get out and and socialize you know what i'm saying to get out and and to to um to be square and be lame and laugh and and do silly stuff and people laugh at you and you be okay with that you know it's it's just okay um one of my greatest perks in life is i can smile and laugh through it all I don't know if that's a perk, though, mama. A gift. I don't know if that's a gift. It is a gift. Nah, because when you're smiling, Everything when you're smiling through pain, mommy. Yeah, but as but at the same time, I can smile through all the shit I've been through. Yes, that so, you can smile at. But you got to know that you're walking through shit when you're walking through oh, it. I know I'm walking through shit. Nobody's smiling when they're walking through shit. Me yeah. deep in it, but at the same token, like I'm still gonna keep a smile on my face. I'm still gonna be my happy-go-lucky self because it's, it, that's who I am. You are. I'm just an overall happy person, regardless of all the shit that I've been. And you through. have a beautiful smile. Let me see your smile. You see. <laughs> I mean, without all that wet hair in the way, but let me see your smile, man. But actually. Huh? Not what- okay. Well, you know, 
it's not wet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you, you are, know, man. You, you, you have a beautiful my smile. Records, like I even said, I promise they're not black eyes. It's just lack of sleep. That's all. Um, oh, look at my eyes, man. Yeah, you hide it better than I do, you know? I don't. Mm. My dark skin makes it look even darker, so. No, nah, but I'll, I'll, I'll bullshit aside, though. Janelle, you, you're a very beautiful woman. You have a beautiful smile. We've, we've carried a conversation. You're articulate. You're a caring person. You've just had a, a bad streak of, of luck, you know, but you can change that. You have to stop looking at the things you know, the way that you, that you are and just, just be able to look at yourself in the mirror and just say, you know what, girl, we've been through some shit and I love you for that. And we're not going to take no shit from nobody no more. I'm not going to let nobody, the first time somebody even forms their mouth to say something negative to me, I'm just going to walk away from them. I don't have time for it. If you're not positive, if you're not loving, if you're not trying to motivate me, if you're not trying to uplift me, you have no business in my life, period point blank. I'm a new person. I'm Janelle now. You know, I'm the Janelle I always wanted to be from this day moving forward. And nobody can take that away from you unless you allow them to, mommy. So just keep that, keep that going and just do it. Whatever it is that you want to do, just do it. Just do it, man. I mean, I form my form, you know, my, my foundation. I'm, I'm YouTube and like, you know, I'm in front of people just talking about my life. I've never been, I've never been an open person like that, you know, but I understand. I understand this people need help and they need to hear some of the things that I say. So I just do it, man. And now I don't even think about it. You know, I just did it. I just, I, and I did it mostly all on this right here, on this phone right here. I built my foundation. I built my foundation, started my YouTube, my podcast. I used to sit there and talk to people like this here on my podcast and they'd be on the phone. I just did it. And if I didn't know how to do it, I would go and I would learn how to do it. And, and now I have my channel. I got my little microphone and I got you here and we sitting there kicking it. I just did it, man. You know, what are you going to do? I got tired of feeling sorry for myself and making excuses and lying to myself, you know? So that's all I got for you, man. That's the Thomas Free Me experience, man. How do you feel, huh? How you feel? <laughs> huh? I feel good overall. That's good, mommy. You should. You should wake up every day with a smile and go to sleep with the I same do wake smile. Up. I do wake up with a smile. And go you to know? sleep with the same smile. I am like, you know what? I'm going to say it like this. Uh, I've always worked in the medical field. Working with people was my thing. When COVID hit and my son being autistic and nonverbal, it kind of scared the shit out of me because I was more afraid of what I can bring home to him mm. and him not being able to express something's going on. So I went into... Uh, healthcare IT, and I talk to patients all day long, you know, and I joke with them, you know, I help them through their little issues, and you know, it's just the being able to help somebody, period, no matter how it is helping them. Um, I live for that, 
yeah, maybe one day I'll go back to the medical field. I do miss it, but I also really like working from home. <laughs> it's okay so, as long as again you you know you're you're still progressing. You always want to make sure you're progressing, mommy. You know, make sure you progress. Make sure you're you're moving towards the goals that you want. But again, you you know you you have to find who you are, mommy. Find who you want Janelle to be. And just um and just start forming her. Create a new Janelle. I'm be definitely gonna be, be the spirit I used to be. Huh? That I'm definitely gonna become the free spirit I used to be. I mean you can be whatever you wanna be. I love that free spirit. I mean, look, I I enjoy driving, I enjoy long walks, and you know what? through all of that I can clear my head I can think um and it feels good mm-hmm. it well, feels we'll see we'll see where buddy barking orders in my ear yeah fuck all that um that. I've uh I let people dictate who I'm gonna become uh, my whole life i'm done well yeah because you you you've been insecure your whole life you know you've you've been used and abused and manipulated and you've been beat and shot you know what i'm saying i mean jesus christ how much can one person take but you're here don't, mommy. please don't say that what <laughs> i don't ever i don't say that shit no more <laughs> I do not. I don't challenge. I don't, I don't, I don't challenge mother nature. I don't, I, that's, I don't even say that type of stuff anymore. I don't. What's next? Or who's next? What's next? What's next is love. What's next is positivity. That I try to steer away from um, only because when I ask those type of questions or I question or I question God or why I'm going through all of this or what is the reason I, I've been, why was I chosen to go through this? Because everybody goes through something for a reason. I just haven't been shown why. I don't know why. I don't know what God has in store for me. I don't know who I'm going to be talking to shit next year, a year from now, uh, 10 years from now. I don't know that. I don't know who God has in store to put in my path where I can help them. I just don't know that yet. Well, my man, my, my only advice to that would be to, to not even get involved with anybody or anything until you know who Janelle is. And, and I don't think God is going to let nobody cross my path until that time comes. Oh, there's going to be many of them. Maybe, you I know, mean, you know, I, I can't speak for God. You know, but I mean, like in general, I don't know if there's some little girl that is going to need my help and he's just preparing me for this, for that, that day. I don't know. And that's how I'm going to look at it. And we have no idea where this video is going to go, who's going to see this video, who's going to reach out, respond. We don't know none of these things, but we do. Listen, we do what we do in order to make those things happen. This, this, this is all my point. You coming on the show, you opening yourself up, you open doorways and create opportunities, whether you know it or not. 
you know, and this is the thing is every moment that we're outside, every moment that we're breathing and doing things, we're creating opportunities, whether we know it or not. It's just how we look at them and how we view ourselves and in, in all of that. So just like I say, mommy, keep your head up. You're, you'll be okay. It's just, it's going to take time. It's going to take um, effort. You know, when, when, when I would sit there and I would think about 10 things bad about myself, you know, or 10 reasons why I couldn't attempt something because I would, I would fail. I would say, okay, I gave myself 10 reasons why this would happen, but now let me give 10 reasons why the alternate will happen. You know what I mean? Let me, let me, let me tell myself 10 reasons why I won't fail. You know what I mean? And, and such. So the bad is always, we're always going to doubt ourselves in the beginning, but you have to replace that doubt, mommy. Just when you start feeling bad or thinking bad or talking bad about you, no, I don't talk bad about myself at all. And I don't find it as boastful. I find it as just knowing who I am. I back up what I say. I don't say anything outlandish. I don't say that I can go out here and, and do a windmill dunk on a 12 foot rim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's just knowing who you are and what you're capable of doing and have confidence in that. I can do that. You know what I mean? I can create a foundation. I can create a business. I can create a YouTube. I can create all of that. Why can't I, you know? And that's just what it is. So, Janelle, I'm here, man. You know, anytime you want to come back on the show or talk to me personally or anything like that, I'm here for you, you know, to help help advise you and, and guide you the best way that I know how. I mean, I don't know shit, you know, but I figure. With, does anybody, though? Huh? I said, does anybody, though? I would like to think so when it comes to, you know, all we can know is ourselves. You know, it's like I say, like my knowledge is is my experience. That's all I know. I, I stop. I stop thinking that I knew about everybody else's life or everybody else's intentions. I don't know shit outside of myself. I just know my experiences and what I've come across and processed and and made choices and 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 such. You know, I have no no idea why this person did what they did. I, I, if I want to know, I can go ask them, but I'm not going to assume anymore. I'm not going to assume the reason why this person, you know, uh, stole something or whatever is because of what it, I'm not. I don't know. People are capable of doing anything. Mm, facts. I stop. I stop with expectations. Now I expect the worst in every in every situation. I always expect the worst. But hope for the best. Yeah, me too. I don't even hope for the best. I just expect the worst. And whatever happens after that, I know is better than than it being the worst, unless the worst happens. And then I was ready for it. <laughs> so it's just... I mean, yeah, I guess. You have a good point. You have a good point. It's just doing it, mommy. We're so... You and I, we're so... Um, we're so programmed to think negative about ourselves, about life, about everything going on. That's just how we've been programmed our whole life. And it's just reversing that program and putting a new program in, you know? And now I'm at the point that anytime I think bad about myself, I just quickly nip it right in the bud. No, 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 no. We ain't gonna think like that. You know what I'm saying? 
it's just almost instantaneous anymore because it's 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 taken years of of constantly doing that you know well i want to go get a job but damn if i go get a job they're going to run my background they're going to you know and then i don't have no experience and they're these are the first things i think of and then i tell myself but how am i going to get experience if i don't go do it you know what i mean and and just things like that mommy so you got it man you're a trooper if nothing else you're a gangster you've been shot i ain't even been shot you know what i'm saying i didn't want to i don't think anybody wants to be shot i don't know about that but um i know i didn't i sure the hell especially with my son in the car i would have taken it you did and my son had been in the car i wouldn't have cared as much it wouldn't have affected me as much i mean yes it would have affected me i'm not gonna lie but the feeling of putting my son in that predicament when he basically told me no, 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 without saying no, 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 no. And me taking him out. Yeah. I feel like I'm the one to blame that he was in that car that night. It was meant to happen, man. Um, but nothing happened to him and that's all that matters. That's it. It's just an experience, you know? that he may never even remember or he may you know and 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 we just deal with those things as as they come man there's nothing you can do about it it is what it is you just you deal with it through education you deal with it through positivity love and we all listen we all experience traumatic events kids are being shot at in the cars every day anymore you know it's, it's just processing the trauma, not running away from it, not lying about it, just owning for what it is, processing it, trying to get as much understanding about the event as, as you can, and then just understanding that things happen, things occur, we're here, and, and we can make better choices moving forward. So, Mommy Amanda here, and you take care of yourself, okay? All right. It was good Bye. seeing you. Yeah. And um it is what it is, man. What are we gonna do? Live life. Live life with a happy smile, man. <laughs> All right, Jay. Stay up with me. All right. Bye. All right, bye, my man. <laughs>